So there was a plea deal you were offered. Uh, so what were you supposed to do? Was it well, 30 years, right? I think I had a public defender, a lawyer uh, paid by uh, the Fair use, by the way. And there was this famous uh, lady came up there and uh, Sadrina Shov, and she sits there and it's like a show and they are trying just to make sure that you accept this plea deal and the most challenging part was when i understood that i had to change the lawyer and we prepared all this and we wanted to apply for changing the lawyer and that we will have our own lawyer you know what she did she brought an interpreter and through an interpreter and in the court there are cameras where you can talk to lawyers and she said victor i was uh, instructed by Allah for you not to make this application to make this statement so they're lying blatantly lying so they uh, are ready for anything there are grand games there are political games so i respect the agents who arrested me and who wanted to tell me that nothing personal victor this is just business everyone has a client right well at the time uh, it went beyond all decency and she told me victor don't make this statement don't make this application oh, allah instructed me not for you not to do this and i saw my wife in court and i learned that uh, she was manipulated how, how can you trust this uh, system when it works against you you said that what happened to you is now being done to our country is that what you mean i have been under sanctions since 2000 so i was unable to make any bank transfers i uh, uh, they tried to arrest me so i've seen it all and over the past uh, 30 years at least 22 years i have been under sanctions so there is nothing new about this uh, considering what is happening with us and they started uh, this undeclared war against me and my family and then they started spreading it uh, so that this war spilled over to encompass everyone and they uh, started this war against all the russians in 2022 in 2014 sanctions were applied and now the special military operation started in ukraine what do you think about it a russian man like me i never understood why we didn't do this earlier in 2014 kharkov there were people in the streets out there and they carried russian flags and were chanting russia russia donbas odessa of course i do understand that not everyone was ready i fully support the special military operation if i could i could share the skills that i have and i would readily volunteer well, during the jury trial, did you know you'll be convicted? 
I guess you did, and I want to ask, since you knew you were facing a long prison term, did you have any hope? Well, there is no way back. This is what I understood. The only way to get out of an encirclement is to attack. So it was a question of what can I do with myself? Of course, uh, I could have uh, panicked and uh, start hitting my head uh, against uh, the wall or to try to pretend that I went mad, but I knew that I wanted to be a man I am. And um, what kind of connections did you have with the other inmates? Who, what kind of people are they, Nazis or who else? The most interesting thing is that I found myself among ordinary Americans within the general public from October 2016 until January 2020. So overall, before that, I didn't see prison as it is. I was in MTC, the 10th South Department, so it is IDX on steroids. What, what does it mean? So, you don't see anyone. Once a month, you get to make a phone call home. Only a lieutenant can open the hatch so that you get the food. When you escorted somewhere, you know, you are not just handcuffed and your legs are in sh shackles, but you are tied all over and on your cell, uh, there is a note uh, three, uh, that three men have to hold you. So I would just say that uh, Thanks for not just using a stick on me like a dog. And I mean, you had to understand what you were doing. I mean, this is going to be the price you paid, you know, getting locked up in prison. And you are a dangerous person, so you're going to get put in the tightest prison. But I do feel it kind of is a raw deal because I'm going to because, you know, um, men like him. You know, it, men like him were used by the U.S. government. So it's kind of a royal deal since, you know, the American government is just as crooked as any other government in the world. That, and they just take use you as a toy. And when they need a fall guy, they'll blame you. And when they're done with you, they just discard you until they need you once again time that you spent with the general population uh, how did people treat you when i was in prison there were black people and latinos what was it like for you well you know in marion uh, most of the inmates are african americans and there were quite a few latino inmates uh, and uh, there were very few white people just ordinary americans uh, there were local Indians as well, the indigenous uh, people, but uh, this is a, a special prison and 
these are uh, this, this is a prison mostly for sex offenders or those who could not stay at other prisons for example they betrayed someone or uh, and i gave even a nickname to them here in the united states uh, uh, that everyone reports on everyone it's not just about inmates but about guards they report on each other on their colleagues uh, are you talking about the rule 35 uh, and another question so how did they treat you did they know your name or you think you were someone else well uh, they could not pronounce my name correctly they I had fans uh, abroad and who sent me three or four thousand books. There was this one person who sent this many books. For example, a person who is in prison on serving a life sentence. So uh, a man is 60 year old, all covered in tattoos with a lot of missing teeth. And he ser served in Vietnam and and one day he arrives and it turns out that he is now a woman he's wearing cosmetics and he is wearing a bra under his shirt so i'm asking him jeff uh, are you mad or something and he tells me i'm not jeff anymore i'm jessica and when i saw this I thought that this was some kind of a joke, but then I understood and you go to a store and you see a list of things you can buy, female panties, cosmetics, uh, all uh, various uh, cosmetics. and. You see that guards, they understand this, and they're just um, perplexed by all this. Why is this happening? As soon as you sign up for this, you get a lot of supporters. You get money transfers. People start calling you. People start visiting you because this is how it works in the United States. In three or four years, you don't have uh, no family anymore, no home. So, about 800 people, they, all they have left is the prison and all they can do is work there. And I worked in the labor protection department. So what what did you do there? So I worked this in this small department uh, on uh, issuing uh, various PPE and checking the documents and uh, disinfection and uh, sanitation, fire extinguishers. And so I worked in this office and I could read a lot. I could get to understand how the system works. So this was a unique experience. Uh, how much did they pay you? They paid me about $40 an hour, but this was just a few hours per day. So it was a very interesting experience. I did not uh, treat this as work. It was an opportunity to see how the prison system works and how so I had to check all the fire extinguishers, uh, for example, every month. Uh, were there any accidents in prison while you were there? So even if there are fights, uh, 
they were just uh, for show. Uh, were you ever in a shoe? No, never. I always uh, knew the better of it and were able to avoid this. Uh, for example, uh, there could be some uh, punishments, uh, so I would be deprived of my right to phone calls and all. Uh, it has some special name, right? They use some terminology. Yes, indeed, the language is quite special. So I've talked to uh, one of my acquaintances there, and he told me that all of these uh, words and terminologies, like checkdown and lockdowns, they come from school. So there were specific days when you would get hamburgers or chicken, so everything is under the same system. For example, this locker system, these lockers that you have just in, like in schools. So every person has a locker and have to put your belongings there and close this locker. Well, a lot of there has been in American press about you is that you had any connection with Taliban. Is that true? No, I did not have any relations with the Taliban. And when there was uh, escape, this heroic escape, and they were an example for me. They served as role models for me. The Taliban put a prize on my head and um, how can anyone say that I worked with the Taliban? It's just unthinkable. And yet, uh, the American press keeps talking about that, uh, like you were dealing in arms to topple regimes. Well, the Americans don't take the weapons anywhere. They accused me of delivering 200 T-90 tanks uh, to the Taliban. So, how can you do this? Uh, 200 flights to Afghanistan. So where is the evidence? So it's just like saying something and just uh, leave it hanging there. So they uh, lost faith in their own citizens. I grew up in the Soviet Union. And when I talk to Americans, you understand that even Soviet propaganda understood that there are limits. You have to say at least some truth, you know. So you think they went overboard with your case? For example, in my prison, there were 35 people and no one believes CNN or other networks on Ukraine, on elections. Everyone knows that all of this is not true. Even in prison, this is what is happening. And inmates, together with people in a retirement home, are the only people who watch TV. So there is a lot of advertising for, you know, advertising products that are relevant for old people in retirement homes. Well, my question, Biden or Trump, what would you prefer? Well, no, I don't have any preferences. Our only two friends are the army and the fleet and the Navy. Well, in general, what is your take on politics by Biden and by Trump? Are they all the same or you see a difference? Well, uh, this 
This is what I can say. There is Pepsi Cola and there is Coke Zero and Diet Pepsi. So what's the difference? And this is how uh, this is all the same. We must stop worrying about what and who said what. We pay too much attention to U.S. politics. Let's resolve our own challenges. So the real problem for the United States is uh, uh, our drugs. So, for example, there are so much drugs, cannabis and uh, cannabinoids in U.S. prisons. So there are, legally smuggled? there are no tests there. So they just smell, they put it on fire and they use some wire and then they inhale this. Uh, uh, drug and they they just are knocked out for some time they start crying and they yell and scream so i never knew that you could scream that much that people can and they're all shaking and they're you know they don't feel well and in just 15 minutes it just uh, happens again so if it happens in a prison, just imagine what is happening out there on the street. What is happening in San Francisco, in Chicago, in New York? So there is so much crime. So when you say that in Russia, you can walk safely anywhere 24-7 if you do not attack anyone. So there is zero chance of being attacked yourself. So this is amazing for them. I don't believe that they'll have a revolution in the United States, if you ask me. So they've been able to keep it under control, despite, for example, all the drug issues and all the overdoses. It, it is all according to a plan when young people become drug addicts they uh, lose their will to do anything so there will be a revolt you know people protesting no you, you see uh, the hollywood uh, film industry has uh, just uh, become uh, the propaganda mouthpiece of the washington elites so they are trying to show you a beautiful picture, but in the subconscious, uh, uh, this is like they're programming people on the He's right about that. And the thing is that scares me is that he is so observant, so astute. Um, this man is not a joke. He took a very um, dreadful situation, a very negative situation, and he turned it to a positive. For 20-something years, he took it for, to a very, he took that experience and made something out of it. He's very observant. This guy, um, he is very, no wonder why Putin loves him. Okay? He could have broken down. He could have cracked, but he didn't. And he took, a, he took a, this as an opportunity to learn the system, learn what's going on. Okay. I could uh, This man is dangerous. 
He knows what's going on. He knows about, you know, young people are just over here are completely useless because they're too addicted to drugs and pleasure. The United States is slowly going to be up for the taking. Mental level. So uh, the American people, they are victims, maybe even more than other countries. And the most horrible thing, and in the past years, just look at uh, what they did with this uh, January 6 uh, revolt. And they've put in prison more than a thousand people, and they just still. Uh, there, why Ju they haven't killed anyone? Yes, there were some confrontations, but look in Bishkek, for example, they've burned down the parliament building so many times. Have is anyone in prison now? People died in January 6. A cop lost his life. All right, Ashley Babbitt lost her life, even though it was self inflicted, she lost her life. And Trump instigated that. He did. Now, everyone who was arrested in the United States, they will get at least 15 years in prison. Uh, have you watched the films? Do you think you were a victim? They did that to themselves. Everybody who wanted to go up there on January 6th, they did that to themselves. Okay. All right. You'll, you're, you're the person you voted for lost so what you you move on with your life you don't go and try to break the law team of hollywood uh the film uh, lord of the war so uh, when people ask what do you know about victor boot they say well i've watched a movie so and they say that uh, we do not even have a translator my mother, who visited me in MCC, she was taken off the list, and I was told that this is not your mother, and they said, we have these documents here that your parent is Amina, but where did they get this? So, in my prison documents, uh, my parents are from uh, the Lord of War movie, in fact. So, uh, so this is how professional they are. So, uh, they know how it is. What are your plans now? Well, for now, I'm just enjoying this moment to be with my loved ones. I'm enjoying the snow and the freedom that I now have in the United States. This is like a reverse racism, being a normal person and to want to, f to have a family and who wants to love. It's very hard to be a person like that in the United States. And, uh, well, I want to wish you to come back to life in every sense. Overall, I'm very happy. I feel great. Well, I do need a medical checkup. Maybe I need some dental work. Uh, I lost almost six teeth. They just pulled them out. They do not offer any treatment, so all they can do is pull your tooth out. We had a very good doctor, but he, uh, he was fired because she started um, treating.
Hollywood has become propaganda mouthpiece for the American. Yeah. I mean, Hollywood has a part of the military in within their facilities. Okay. And they push what the elites want the American people to see. This JFK said it, you know, this world, we're run by secret societies, shadow governments. Okay. Now, um, let me get into what I wanted to show about Victor Bout. Okay. Here we are. Okay. So, right here. Okay. All right. Arrested arms dealers, um, arrested arms dealer planes flew U.S. missions in Iraq. Like I said. March 6, 2008, when U.S. officials announced the arrest of the notorious arms dealer and drug runner this afternoon, the fact that his planes flew U.S. supply missions in Iraq will likely go unmentioned. In a January 2005 letter to Congress, then Assistant Defense Secretary Paul Wolfowitz admitted to the Defense Department did conduct business with companies that in turn subcontracted work to second-tier provi providers who leased aircraft owned by companies associated with Mr. Bout. At the time, Bout was already a wanted international fugitive. Intelligence officials had considered Bout one of the greatest threats to the U.S. interests in the same league as al-Qaeda, Kingpin Osama bin Laden. Interpol had issued a warrant for his arrest. The United Nations Security Council had restricted his travel. But that didn't stop U.S. government contractors from paying Bout controlled firms roughly $60 million to fly planes, fly supplies into Iraq in support of the U.S. war effort according to a book released last year by two reporters who investigated Bout. It didn't prevent the U.S. military from giving Bout pilots millions of dollars in free airplane fuel while they were flying U.S. supply flights. Around, all right, <clears throat> from 2003 through at least 2005, the Pentagon contractors used air cargo companies known to be connected to Bout to fly an estimated 1,000 supply trips into and out of Iraq, according to Merchant of Death, Money, Guns, Planes, and the man who makes war possible by Douglas Farah and Stephen Braun, a Pentagon spokesman confirmed to the authors that the military gave 500,000 gallons of fuel to Bout's pilots. In an interview Thursday, Farah said he understood Bout may have worked on behalf of the U.S. government as recently as last year. Recent incident intelligence has indicated Bout supplied armor-piercing missiles to Hezbollah in the summer of 2006 and armed Somalian warlords, which fueled a conflagration that that December, Farah said. In a very rare public appearance, Bout was a guest on state-run Russian television last year, where he vigorously defended himself against criminal allegations. Okay. <clears throat> Even with all the power of the American administration, CIA, FBI, and all means like satellites, and this, they not even they were not even able to come back with a certain proof so that that I could answer. He said in a choppy English, 
is very easy to blame somebody without coming with the proper documents, without coming with a proof of what they're trying to say or trying to blame. Bout also admitted he met with Mullah Omar in Afghanistan, but denied that he ever did business with the Taliban. Had no any had no any relation with these kind of people. That's completely untrue. That's completely untrue, he said. Bout said the meeting with Omar was in regards to negotiating the release of his plane crew members that had been kidnapped by Taliban members. He referred to the allegations that he's involved in U.S. supply missions in Iraq as very funny. While he denied trading, arm, trading arms, he did say that his planes might have carried weapons without his knowledge. Let's then ask Moscow taxi drivers where they were, where they ever transported criminals or somebody related to the criminal network. He said, I'm a transporter. What we did, we did. Bout's work in Iraq became public in May 2004, article in the Financial Times newspaper. <clears throat> CIA officials in Washington secretly warned colleagues in Baghdad of the ties in the fallout of 2003, the Author, author's report, it would be a, it would appear that it did not make its way to correct folks. The two writers quote an unnamed CIA official as saying, Bout didn't just walk away with millions of taxpayer dollars, Farrar and Braun found. The military issued Bout's pilot supply cards, allowing them to gas up their planes for free when landing in Iraq. A Defense Department spokesman confirmed to the office that Bout's fleet were provided nearly 500,000 gallons of fuel from Baghdad Airport, courtesy of the U.S. Air Force. Bout made his fortune in the 1990s, selling Soviet-era weaponry to third-world despots and insurgent groups. Using a veiled complex corporate structure, Bout dispatched fleets of Cold War-era Soviet cargo planes to some of the most inhospitable corners of the earth, running guns for dictators including Liberia's Charles Taylor and Zer Motumbo's Sisi Seko, as well as rebel leaders in Angolia, Sierra Leone, and beyond. By 2000, U.S. government officials considered him one of the leading threats to the United States, on par with Osama bin Laden and global warming. Bout was the inspiration for the 2005 film Lord of War, starring Nicolas Cage as an international arms dealer who will sell to all sides of any conflict. Bout reportedly rented his planes to the movie's producers for use in the film. Bout's net worth is not known, but is reportedly in the tens of millions of dollars. Wow. Okay. This is an article on um, on the history of Victor Bout, and the way it comes off. I mean, he sounds like you know he's learned. He is. Uh, learned a lot. Like I said, he took an op a negative experience and turned it into a positive. Okay. So he has that resilience. So I could see why there's that claim that he will be used uh, by the Biden administration to turn these uh, weapons that are these weapons going into Ukraine as to, to, into cash. All right. Since he has you know, a vast wealth of geopolitical knowledge, experience dealing with people who need these weapons, and he sell he sold to both sides. And in this interview, he he's to me, it's like he's playing an act. Okay, he wants to sound like he's a victim, and I just see he, he's just playing just playing the victim card. All right, I don't believe him. I believe he knew what he was doing. He's an opportunist. <clears throat> 
and he's a smart man. Okay, that's what I that's what I believe about Victor Bout. Okay, I strongly believe that about him. Well, tell me what you think in the comments. Uh, let's have a discussion. What are your thoughts on Victor Bout? Do you believe that the Biden administration uh, needs him? Do you believe that the uh, they kind of make sense with trading an arms dealer? in exchange for a basketball player that, you know, isn't really popular, isn't really an equal trade compared to Victor Bout. Does it kind of make sense to you now? What are your thoughts? Let me know. Like, share, comment, and subscribe. And uh, that's about it. Anything you want to know about this channel is in the description box. Later.